0: Hi, everyone. I'm Chris Katolka. I'm host of the Friends of Israel Today radio program. And I want to welcome you to our IMG In-Depth podcast here that we're airing on our Israel My Glory website, where where we take a moment to focus on our most recent issue of Israel My Glory to kind of share a little bit about the, the magazine. And then also we get a chance to hear from one of the writers. And and one of those writers with me for our most recent issue is Pastor Mark Johnson, who is a contributor to Israel, My Glory, and also pastor of Independent Bible Church in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Uh, Mark, great to have you on the program. Thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks, Chris. Great to be here.
0: We're focusing in on our most recent issue of Israel, My Glory, and it's titled, In the Line of the King, Five Women in the line of the Messiah, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and Mary. Mark, first, I want to ask you this uh, before we get to your article. You know, um, this issue of Israel, My Glory is designed to focus us during the Christmas season. It's crazy that we're talking about Christmas right now. But during the Christmas season, um, and, and, you know, we're looking at the lineage of Jesus the Messiah. Uh, when you first got word that you'd be speaking on uh, or writing on one of the women in the line of Jesus, you know, what, what came to your mind as you were thinking about uh, the significance of, of Jesus's lineage?
1: Well, Chris, I was excited because um, so many people wonder, why does the New Testament begin with a genealogy? And then when we read the genealogy, if you know anything about the um, uh, the background of the culture, it's very unusual that women were even included. And then the women that were included um, had to be chosen um, by the Holy Spirit very intentionally. And so um, I think it's a, uh, that, that the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew 1 is, is, is exciting and um, was intended by the Holy Spirit to teach really powerful lessons. So I... I was um, really thankful to be able to uh, to work on that.
0: And and I'm going to start with this, and I'm also going to end with it, with our with a kind of uh, as we wrap up our discussion here. But you know, when we look at these different women here in the line of Jesus—Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and Mary—what does it say about God that we have these women and their stories in the lineage of Jesus, the Messiah? What do you think when you saw these names pop up uh, as five women in the line of the Messiah?
1: Well, first, God's not a chauvinist. He includes women as well as men. Uh, Jesus is the Savior of all mankind, Gentiles as well as Jews, uh, because um, these women were Gentiles um, who were brought into the line of Christ. And then all of them have some kind of scandal uh, Mm -hmm. associated with their names, so that it's like the Holy Spirit Brings the skeletons out of the closet and puts them on display as a way of saying, God is a redeeming God. He's a gracious God. He Mm. loves to heal the hearts of the brokenhearted. He loves to to, um, change people's lives. And uh, I think even the genealogy of Jesus, with including these women, speaks
0: to that. I love that you said that God is not a chauvinist, and you know we live in a in a different culture now, but when when the Bible was written, like you said, the idea of women being within the the genealogy of the Messiah, or specifically these women, Gentile women, prostitutes, uh, people who've committed adultery, this aspect of women. It changes the way that you see God, and I always like to say, our God is a countercultural God. Would you agree with me?
1: Amen. He is. He's. He's uh, uh, not a far-off, uh, unapproachable God. He cares, and I think that the uh, um, the, the, the redemption and the salvation of um, all the sinners listed in the genealogy, but especially these women who were intentionally included in an unusual way for that culture really speaks to God's grace and 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 his love for all people
0: Mark I would say that you received probably one of the most famous of the Old Testament women in this in 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 this issue the story of Bathsheba. To enlighten, uh, to me, to enlighten our audience, what's the background on Bathsheba? Where, where did she come from? Who is she? Um, and, and can you enlighten us a little bit about that?
1: Well, Bathsheba is famous, uh, infamous in, in one sense, but we have to realize that she was a, a real woman in Israel, um, and she was, um, the Bible says, the daughter of Eliam, who was one of David's mighty men. David's most elite special forces um, uh, segment of his army was called the Mighty Men, and uh, Bathsheba was the daughter of Eliam, one of those mighty men. As she grew up, she was privileged to marry one of her father's colleagues, Uriah the Hittite, who was also a mighty soldier in David's most honored fighting force. Now, Although Uriah was usually referred to as the Hittite in Scripture, this foreigner evidently bonded with David and was likely a proselyte, uh, believing in David's God. And so um, Bathsheba first shows up as, as a wife of uh, one of David's
0: mighty men. A lot of people, I think we often get the image that Jerusalem was this large city. It was big. Uh, Jerusalem during the days of David was a very small city. It was a city, but it was a small city, and you have a connection point there. David and Bathsheba had some type of connection, like you said, through Ilium, Who would have known. There could have been some understanding of who each other was. We don't know that from the text, but it wasn't a large city where people could get lost. And here we have David interacting with Bathsheba, and this kickstarts Bathsheba's relationship with David. Could you share a little bit about that?
1: Well, the um, first reference to Bathsheba in the scripture is infamous, beautiful bathing, spotted by the gaze of David as he walked in the evening on the flat roof of his palace, and David was transfixed by this woman bathing. We, we don't know, we, we, there's no indication that Bathsheba knew she could be seen, or, or if she did, because David's roof would have been the highest in the small city, mm-hmm. um, she would have assumed that probably that David was off to war with the troops. And uh, so the, the Bible does not um, uh, condemn Bathsheba as silent on her culpability, but of course, what David did was um, um, strongly condemned by the Lord.
0: And, and David will then go and commit adultery with Bathsheba. From the text, we kind of get an idea that it's almost as if Bathsheba didn't really have an opportunity to say, no, it was the king of Israel, but we don't know that for sure. Uh, but the story continues, and David essentially—and uh, Bathsheba essentially— Find one another in a precarious situation. Can you share a little bit about that, and then how it turns out for Uriah, her husband?
1: Yes. Well, Second Samuel eleven fourteen says, "Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her." And so after that um, one-time affair, uh, the next thing that happens in the, in the story of uh, the roller coaster of her life, if you will, is is that um, she finds out she's pregnant, and she sends word to David, short message, I am pregnant. David, horrified, calls her husband home from war, um, encourages him to go home and sleep with his wife, and when he didn't, the next night, (laughs) uh, tries to get him drunk and send him home, and, and when that still doesn't work, David sends her husband back to Joab, back to the battle with his own death notice in his hand that says to Joab, send Uriah to the place where he'll be killed in the battle. And uh, we, we, we stand in horror. We, we say, uh, David, uh, how could you? Hmm. But um, uh, it says that, that, that Bathsheba mourned over her husband's death, and then that David sent and brought her to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son.
0: And this, as you say in your article, begins the roller coaster ride, if you will, of Bathsheba's life. Could, could you talk for a moment about some of those uh, high aspects of the roller coaster ride and the low aspects of the roller coaster ride that uh, Bathsheba's on as she uh, as she ends up with David, essentially?
1: Yes. Yeah, so she's a wife, and then a widow, and then a wife again, but wife of the king, pregnant with his child. Um, uh, David refuses to uh, admit his sin publicly or confess for nine months. But uh, when Nathan the prophet confronts him um, about his sin and David finally repents, uh, um, Nathan says that the the child that's, that's going to be born will die. And so Bathsheba's firstborn little boy... Quickly became ill, and in spite of David's intercession and prayers for seven days, um, heart-wrenchingly he, he dies. And um, there's hardly anything I think more difficult in life than the death of a child. Hmm. But Bathsheba experienced that. Um, later, um, it says that uh, David comforted her, and and God comforted them, and in His mercy. Uh, she becomes pregnant again with um with a a boy and um who will be Solomon and um uh, the prophet uh gives him a nickname, Jedediah, beloved of the Lord. Uh, God's prophecy that this this next child will indeed be um important and he turns out to be the one who will carry on the royal line of David.
0: In many ways God seems to redeem what had happened there in many ways
1: that's right that's right another low point then came later um, Nathan the prophet told David the sword will not depart from your house so it was David's when David finally repented and he was broken Psalm 51 is his public repentance you know rulers tried to cover up their sin but David man after God's own heart when he did repent right Psalm 51 Psalm 32 prayers of repentance and um um but, but there are still natural consequences that would plague him and plague Bathsheba for the rest of their lives. One of those was the rebellion of David, another David's sons, Absalom. And um, when David had to flee for his life, a man by the name of Ahithophel joined Absalom's uh, side. Ahithophel had been David's confidant and counselor, but what many people don't realize is that Ahithophel was Bathsheba's grandfather.
0: Yeah, you know, you can't imagine, you know, you put yourself in the shoes of making David and Bathsheba a modern story and everyone gathered around the Thanksgiving table. It probably wasn't a pleasant, uh, too pleasant to see that Bathsheba's uh, uh, grandfather is on the other side of the king, you know, the tension there in the family.
1: That's right, and so... Uh, Ahithophel betrayed David. Perhaps we can. Text doesn't say this, but we can speculate. Perhaps over bitterness of David um, seducing his granddaughter and killing her husband, Hmm. and carried that bitterness perhaps for years. But he goes with he goes with the rebel. He goes with Absalom. But when Absalom, when it becomes clear that Absalom is not going to follow Ahithophel's counsel and that David is going to prevail. Ahithophel goes back to his hometown and commits suicide. And that had to be a dark day Mm. when um, Bathsheba received the news that not only had her grandfather betrayed David, but he ended up a
0: suicide. And Bathsheba also, as you note in your article, she also had to fight for her son Solomon to become king. Can you share a little bit about that?
1: Yes. um, David is nearing death, second king, excuse me, first kings chapter one. And, um, Uh, He and Bathsheba have agreed that Solomon is the next king, but that hasn't become public knowledge. And one of David's other sons, Adonijah, uh, a rebel, seeks to seize the throne with David's death being imminent. Um, uh, Bathsheba um, is called in to help make known to David about the plot, and and, and David quickly... um, defend Solomon's right to become the next king, and uh, Adonijah is um, rejected and and Solomon becomes king, but but, uh, Bathsheba's intercession at that point was very critical. She was a savvy woman. She Mm -hmm. was involved in the life of the court and um, uh, then was used to preserve the life of Solomon and to make sure that he did become the next king.
0: And it's just amazing to think you end your article with this phrase, what a God, that we have a God that doesn't work in the realm of the perfect person, but that he takes the mess of our lives, really, uh, and he transforms them into opportunities to glorify him. You know, that we have a God that actually reaches down uh, into our lives, and all of our lives are messy. We all deal with issues. Some might not be as extreme as David and Bathsheba, but that God is actually able to reach in and to say, you know what? I'm going to show the world uh, that I'm going to transform this, change this, redeem this person. Um, uh, this time, this situation, for not for their glory, not for David's fame, not for Bathsheba's fame, or even Solomon's fame, but really for the fame of his glory. Uh, would you say that's true, that God does work with the messes of our life?
1: Amen. So true. God is writing his grand story, and it's when we see how we fit into God's story that our lives can begin to make sense. I love Ephesians 1.12 that says God works all things according to the counsel of his own will. But then in that same Ephesians 1, it tells us that the goal is to be to the praise of the glory of his grace. And God receives glory by displaying his grace, his undeserved kindness to us that deserve his punishment. So when we wonder how our checkered stories... Um, fit into God's grand story, Bathsheba would remind us that all things work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. But his purpose is indeed to display his grace. What a God that he would um, provide a Savior for sinners like us.
0: Amen. We've been speaking with Pastor Mark Johnson. He's the pastor of Independent Bible Church and a contributor to Israel, my glory. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it.
1: My privilege. Thank you, Chris.
0: And I want to encourage our listeners, if you're not already a subscriber to Israel, my glory, be sure to pick up our most recent issue, our November, December issue, which is titled In the Line of the King, Five Women in the Line of the Messiah, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and Mary. We've just been talking with Mark about Bathsheba, and there's so much more to glean from this issue of Israel, my glory. And it's really simple, my friends. You can sign up on our website right there at our IMG website. Or you can go to FOIRadio.org, FOI radio, our radio website, to find out more information on how you can sign up and receive a one-year free subscription to Israel My Glory. Thanks for listening to our first podcast here as we talk about our Israel My Glory in depth as we look at our most recent issue of Israel My Glory.